Hola amigos, welcome to another episode of Mexican. This is Angie Nieto. For today's episode, we have our guest host, producer of Mexican, Fernando Ramirez, director of the Mexican Cultural Center DuPage. He is joined by Mr. Aaron Johnson Ortiz from San Paul, Minnesota. Mr. Johnson is the director of cultural engagement at Clues, Comunidades Latinas Unidas en Servicio. Bienvenido, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Aaron Johnson, thank you so much for being here and for hosting me or host. Am I hosting you host being host? We're being co-host. I'm hosting you here in the Twin Cities and you're hosting me on your podcast. There it is. <laughs> thank you, sir. What an incredible uh, weekend I had uh, with my lovely wife and, and I appreciate you uh, having us and um, uh, I really... Uh, I'm 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 really grateful that you're able to to do this and be able to take some time for uh, you know you're, you're super busy. Um, let's get started to where are we at this beautiful building, brand yeah. new. Yeah, right now we're at uh, Clues, which yeah. is Comunidad Latinas Unidas en Servicio or Latino Communities United in Service in uh, Spanish, and we're based on the east side of St. Paul, Minnesota. We also have a uh, offices in Minneapolis and some smaller offices in a couple of locations around the state of Minnesota. But th this is our headquarters here, our community arts and cultural center here on the east side of St. Pa uh, Paul. We're very excited to be here. Very cool. It's, um, and so, like you said, you, had a, you, have a, you guys have another office at Lake Street, and so we spent a little bit of time in, in Lake Street too um, also. Uh, but this one seems like the one that seems more, more people in and out right now. Yeah, for yep. context, uh, Lake Street is um, uh, a street uh, in Minneapolis. It's the primary Latino cultural corridor in Minneapolis, go. and we have our offices, or our Minneapolis offices there. Yep. Uh, our building in St. Paul is um, is also in a, in a pretty mixed neighborhood, but there's a lot of uh, Central Americans and Mexicans in our community here. And uh, we also host the Mexican consulate in our building on the east side. And so they, you know, they rent space from us. So we, we get visitors from all over the state and even, you know, the Dakotas, Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah. And um, we, um, you know, Aaron, when, when I when I um, when we uh, I guess we were first we first met out in uh, um, not out. Well, yeah, I guess when we actually first met in person was at the at the conference that we had in uh with uh, in Chicago that uh, the National Museum of Mexican Art hosted us, uh, but we had met before that, and um, uh, so it, it was uh, again it was, it was such an incredible uh, experience having the, all of you guys out there and doing that. But I got to really get to know you a little bit there. Um, you first of all, the, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you were traveling to Guadalajara at the time, and so <laughs> we'll get into how how why would you travel to? He, so he drove from uh, Minneapolis, obviously, down to Chicago, and then from there he was gonna as soon as we were done with our conference, he was going to drive down to uh, uh, Guadalajara, correct? Is Así that fue. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, for, like so many people um, during the pandemic, you and I met yeah. over Zoom. Over I Zoom. thought I thought you were flat uh, because I kept seeing you on the screen and you oh, were just you very flat. <laughs> and it turns out when I saw you in person, you're a lot taller than I thought you'd be. And, uh, and also um, yeah. it turns out you're a three-dimensional human being. Yeah, that tends to work out that best, the best way. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I was, I was, first of all, to me, that, that sense a lot 
uh, when a person is, is first, because you, you talk to a lot of people, and, they, they, and in our business, I think we talk to a lot of people that have talk a lot of game, they say a lot of things, and, and to me, when he's first telling me, you know, and, and you kind of get like, oh, yeah, I'm Mexican, I'm proud of it, blah, 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 you know, it's cool, you know, you, you respect everybody to their game and stuff like that, but when you hear Aaron, I'm driving down there, <laughs> and my, you know, my, my, uh, my uh, Carmen, your, 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 uh, uh, your sister, um, you guys have a, a home down there and everything, it's, and it's wonderful, um, and so that to me was, was like a difference. You can tell a person when they're passionate about what they're doing, um, because I guess I already knew all that other stuff you know, through the Zoom and, and everything. So, but tell me a little bit about you. you first of all, you, that you're traveling down there. That's first and foremost. Yeah. And then we'll get into a little bit of your tus raíces and where sí, you come gracias. from. And all that stuff. Yeah. So, Fernando, look, first of all, yeah. um, I appreciate that you say that because that is something that I try to be. Uh, I think that there are too many community, community leaders who are kind of talkers and not doers. And, and I do think that I try to focus less on talking yeah. and more on doing. And of course, that presents a challenge for doing a podcast interview, so I'm, I'm going to do my best here, but uh, but I appreciate that you that you noticed that about me. Um, I I was born in Minnesota. My mother is from uh, Mexico City, and uh, my dad is uh, white. Uh, he's uh, from Minnesota originally, and uh, I, I grew up here until the age of six, I believe, and then uh, I lived in, in Guatemala for mm-hmm. six years, so my, my formative years were First here, then Guatemala, and then in, um, I believe it was 95 or 96, um, my family moved to Chiapas, Mexico, um, and this was after the insurrection in uh, in Chiapas, the Zapatista uh, revolution, in, or the, some people call it the Neo-Zapatista revolution because it was the one that happened, you know, nearly 100 years after the original revolution, um, and so we, I worked for a very long time with... Uh, indigenous Maya uh, communities in in Chiapas and that was before I you know even before I went to high school mm. uh, and so then eventually I moved back here to finish high school I went to college I did um, grad school at uh, University of Michigan then I worked in in your home state Fernando in Illinois uh, for a period of about four or five years I was a community organizer doing immigrant rights work mm. I was a union organizer um, but then, you know, I just felt like I needed to get back to my roots, which was in uh, in the arts. And so I came back here to St. Paul, um, where I have more family connections. And uh, I started working first as an independent artist. I, I do uh, murals, I do painting, I do printmaking, I do graphic design. Uh, and I did that for a period of about three years. And then... Uh, a job opened up here at Clues, and uh, I applied for it, and, and, and I've been here since. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for about three years. Well, and, and art, art has been in, um, based on at least when, I, when, when he was driving down to Guadalajara, they had this big roll of, of uh, what was that material? Was it that poly thing that you were telling me about? Because I'm first learning about this. So uh. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so one of the things that we really try to do here at Clues is we don't just present art. I think that that's an important part of, yeah. of the art world. But even more importantly is uh, providing professional development for artists, uh, making sure that uh, Mexican and Latino artists um, from uh, who have you know origins in different countries are represented, especially when it comes to muralism. We're celebrating the centennial of the muralist movement this year, and uh, I'm you know I'm to be really frank, I'm really sad and disappointed that there are so few museums around the country that are even acknowledging this history. Mm-hmm. The word mural has has now kind of turned into a general term that's used for any kind of wall painting. Uh, or any any outdoor activity where you put paint on a wall, and that really is not uh, that's not consistent with the movement itself. 
Uh, there are other terms for describing painting on walls. Murals come from the Spanish language. It comes from 1921 uh, when uh, when Mexico started uh, creating a, a muralism program. And so it was really a, a, a movement, a social movement, a political movement, a cultural movement, and of course, an artistic and aesthetic movement. Um, and so for me, uh, one thing I've tried really hard to do is to make sure that Latino uh, artists have uh, public uh, public opportunities for for employment, and so one of the few areas where artists can make a living is making public art. And so yep. you mentioned the poly is called Polytab. This is a <laughs> this that. is a, a, a outdoor mural painting te- yes. technique where you can paint on a it's a it's a kind of a, a acrylic uh, fiber. Uh, and it allows people to paint indoors during the winter months. That's really important for us here in Minnesota. Yeah. And then, um, and then you can install it almost as if it was wallpaper on an exterior wall. And it has all of the qualities of painting, uh, you know, directly on the wall. Uh, it makes it a lot easier. It's actually more durable, yeah. and it looks as if it was painted directly on the wall. So it's, it's a technique that was developed in Philadelphia, and uh, it's been used in Minnesota for a couple of decades. And and mm. my program specifically trained um, Latino artists, uh, emerging artists here in Minnesota, to use that technique. And I and I saw it constantly once I got the the this tour of the uh, this lovely. Uh, building, um, I got to see it multiple times, multiple times. I kept asking about it, um, and that's what I was saying. That we, you had this role of, uh, this, you had this role in your car. And I remember seeing you were going down there. And you guys were gonna. I mean, that to me was a part of like, okay, now you start to talk to people that walk the walk. Where they're like, we're taking this down to Guadalajara, and we're gonna start spend most of our time that you're gonna be down there, basically building this or painting this mural that's gonna eventually be brought back here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happened off. was um, <laughs> my sister and I purchased a, a house in Guadalajara, which, yeah. uh, you know, that's where Fernando's family is from. I, my family is not from Guadalajara, but my sister has been living here for, uh, I think, a decade and a half at this point. And uh, she, she, you know, we bought a house together. It's kind of falling apart. And so we, we've been using the property, but we want to renovate it. So we spent about a month there this year in, I believe it was July, and in August, I had to inst- uh, finalize this mural. I had a, a mural commission here in here in St. Paul, and I was very excited with the with the commission. But I just didn't have enough time. I knew I wouldn't have enough time once I got back. So we took the polytap to Mexico, you know, painted half of it there, then came back here with the with the half painted polytap installed it on the wall, and then then completed the mural uh, in in St. Paul. And by the way, he hasn't showed it to me. By the, I don't know why he hasn't shown it to me. It's kind of suspicious, but. <laughs> Uh, it's for a reason. The first thing I did was I got here like, where's that mural? I want to look at it. I know he put some pictures up somewhere, but he didn't share it with nah, the group. Fernando's but... been hiding from me for three days. <laughs> well, I'll take you. I'll take you today. So okay. you stop complaining all about right, that. Right, all right, all right. I'm going I'm to go. <laughs> we will see this by the time. But no, I, I really was interested because I got to see basically the, the start of, of it. You've been taking pictures to send it to the group um, and, and showing it off. And so now I wanted to actually see it up and see how well uh, it does with. Um, oh, well, it w- it's only been up what, for a couple months, though. Yeah, you know? but I can show you another mural that I painted that's been up for a couple of years uh, and that what took me about two or three years to paint. So that's a lot more in, in depth. Well, I want to want to look at it, too, because I want to see. I, I'm just something I'm very interested in because I, that to me is like something new that I want to be able to use in, in Chicago because we share Absolutely. the Absolutely. Those... Yeah, that's one thing we got to do. We got to keep working together, yes. train each other. Um, yeah. I got, just to kind of uh, give myself a little bit of self-promotion here, the, the, the mural that, this is what the, we do the here. second mural that I was going to show you, um, <laughs> I, I, I got a 
was nominated Best Mural in the Twin Cities. I was just about to say that. Why did you have to say that? I was about to just say that. Because I'm, I'm arrogant and you get to, <laughs> you know, you get, I, I'm going to say it myself. He doesn't know, but I will edit this so that way I'm the one saying it. So it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what he says. Um, so no, yeah. So you were awarded this. And, and this is something I, I will say that um, just because you already said that and there's no point, I'm not going to say it twice. So um, yeah. I'll give you that satisfaction of hearing it twice. But <laughs> we there's there's something that when I came here, uh, when we the first day that we got here was to come visit you at same, uh, here where we're Right now in St. Paul, uh, your office, and I mean, we were uh, uh, there was a lot of a lot of uh, um, murals going down down the street, yeah. which was incredible. I mean, this is some some place that I don't, I, I, I don't. I guess I'm not. I'm I'm from I, you know I go to Chicago and I see this normally, but this is a different level of to me yeah. the colors and so maybe talk a little bit about the the influence because it's all now Mexican no, art. No. Um, so, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, you know, all of our cities and our communities are different. And, you know, obviously I get a little jealous of Chicago. You guys have some wonderful um, Mexican restaurants, communities, cultural centers, including your own uh, Mexican Cultural Center DuPage, as yeah. well as the National Museum of Mexican Art in yeah. Chicago. We don't have anything like that in Minnesota. So it's very sad for me because that's something that I'm, I'm working on. And sure. certainly we're opening our own cultural center here in St. Paul. Eventually want to do something in Minneapolis, too. So yes, we there's things that we're lacking, but one thing we 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 have is uh, excellent uh, outdoor public art, and I can talk a little bit about the history of that. So if you had come, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have seen any of this, any of this public art. There's maybe one or two murals here and there, yeah. um, but I believe it was in 2008, 2009. I can't remember the exact date, uh, but Minnesota voters uh, passed uh, what's called the Legacy Amendment. And the legacy amendment was a quarter cent sales tax on, on you know, in any any products that are sold in the state in the state, and that money has been given to uh, any kind of natural or, or environmental uh, spaces like parks and uh, state parks, and it also goes to cultural and humanities um, yeah. initiatives. And so Minnesota, since that 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 uh, that piece of legislation passed by voters has become the the state with the highest per capita spending on the arts in the country. Wow. And so we actually have a lot of money for the arts to support artists. And for me, the biggest challenge is how do we make sure that, that money is distributed in an equitable way, that our communities, uh, Latino and Mexican communities, are receiving those funds, mm-hmm. our immigrant communities are being represented with those funds, and the art that's produced represents our communities so that people don't feel left out. And so... Yes, there's been a lot of murals created in the state. And what happened uh, uh, when when I started at Clues was I talked with a lot of uh, Latino muralists, and they told me, you know, it's really beautiful that all these murals are going up, but they're almost all done by people who aren't Latino. And we know that, that, that this is part of our cultural legacy. We know that this is part of our community, and we know that we have the talent. So why is it that our community is not getting the commissions? And right. so for me, when I, I, I started a program, it was called the Latino Muralism Apprenticeship Program. It ran from 2019 to 2020. And also, we, of course, continue working with those same artists. My, my goal was to train uh, 20 emerging Latino uh, muralists in the techniques, in the history uh, of muralism, and also to learn about grant writing, to learn mm-hmm. about fundraising, to learn about client management. To, how, do you, how do you get to get a commission on a wall? And most mm-hmm. people don't know how to do that. How do you paint outdoors? Most people don't know what the difference between a mural paint and a regular acrylic paint is. 
how do you make sure that you you create uh, work that's going to last outdoors? That's not going to chip off the wall. Right. And I, most murals don't know don't, or muralists don't know how to do that. Right. And so for us, we really want to be providing that professional de- development, that expertise, so that artists can get commissions where they get paid a, a living wage, sure. and especially from our community. Yeah, no, and, and I think you, you 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 touch on some stuff that we usually don't, and especially in our community, I think that it's something that we don't we don't ever talk about those specifics. We talk about the colors, we talk about how it looks, the aesthetics, um, how things make us feel, which is important, yeah. very important, because that's something that we need to communicate that to the people sometimes that are funding this stuff because they don't get it. I think we were talking about this a little earlier that sometimes there's just people out there that just don't know how the experience of what's actually out there on the street, right? right what's happening? So, uh, but actually, the, one of the so coming down the, that street when I saw these murals, and then later on when we went out to get some to eat to get to know a little bit more of the uh, um, on, on St. Paul here. Um, what was the street? I'm sorry, again. The this is West 7th. West 7th. Uh, I'm sorry, this is East 7th. East 7th. I actually live on West 7th and work on West 7th. I uh, <laughs> work on East 7th, so I get the two confused often. And, and so it, it to me, it was it's such a diverse community. I, I kept going back uh, to Aaron and saying like I'm like where but where's the Mexican where's the Mexican place where's Mimi Yita where's that where's that space and he's like well, you're not gonna find that 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 completely as because we don't we don't uh, have these areas uh, it's very diverse here because as we were walking we when we went to go get Mexican food but then uh, we, we uh, just now you went across the street to get some uh, uh, Salvador comida salvadoreña and then there's uh, the K- Korean Korean food that was just yeah. across. I mean, it, it, and I think that's that's to me that was the most beautiful part is that it doesn't it doesn't have to be separated into multiple. Uh, uh, our community just stays within our own community and 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 it, it's very diverse and, and that's what you that's that's I think that's what you want and that's what uh, kind of one of the moments that I kind of left and started thinking about uh, how important it is to uh, to put up murals because I want to see a mural that's not done just a Mexican mural. I want it to see it next to something else. Yeah, you know that, that's a great point, Fernando. You know, it's a real challenge for us because. Um, on the one hand, I do think that at least the Latino community in Minnesota is is, is pretty spread out. Um, yeah. It's not comparable to Chicago where there's, you know, Mexicans are all over the state of Illinois, but yep. uh, there are there are real co- congregated pockets uh, and communities where there's this long, long history. Uh, for us, it's more complicated. And yes, there are culture corridors. So East 7th is a culture corridor for the Latino community. The west side of St. Paul is a historically Mexican neighborhood as well. Yeah. The uh, Lake Street, where we were over this past weekend, is very much an immigrant community that, that has a strong focus on, on we'll Mexican and yeah. Central American and also Ecuadorian mm-hmm. uh, communities. Um but on the on the flip side of that, uh, you know that diversity, that you know that beauty of being together with lots of different communities, that's that's amazing. The flip side is that um, there isn't that comparable concentration as in Chicago, where you can get this kind of political power. Yeah. Uh, and so I really do feel that the Latino community here really does have to kind of step up and mm-hmm. come together as a community, build cultural institutions um, that represent our community. And yeah, so that's something I would say is 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 kind of the flip side of being you know very mixed up. And, and but talk to me a little bit about the history because I mean we were talking a little bit about it just because I uh, you know uh, the idea that you said there was um, what used to be the Swedish area I think what you said the Swedish area that that's kind of where you the first Mexicanos really were starting to uh, get started. Is that yeah? Clear? And I should say just as a disclaimer, yeah. I'm not a historian, but um, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you what I what I understand. Yes. And so we're currently working on a project that's the that's actually going to be installed this week as a public art project. We were uh, recruited, or you know, we were asked to participate on, on behalf of a, a Native American organization mm-hmm. here in um, in St. Paul, Dakota Ojibwe. Uh, folks, um, and they are reclaiming some sacred space close close to the Mississippi, 
and there's this uh, creek that uh, that uh, runs into the Mississippi. That's part of the the kind of Minnesota waterways, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, it's a it's a important Dakota site. And one of the things that I learned, it actually turns out to be a really important site for the Mexican community as well. It was actually the first place that that uh, or one of the first places where Mexicans came in, you know, the early part part of the last century. And uh, they lived in what's called Sweet Hollow, which which was an area where a lot of different immigrants lived. And at one point it was a primarily Swedish Mm. um, neighborhood and the name stuck. But it was also the Mexican hollow at one point. It was just not called that. And then in the 1950s, the the city of St. Paul determined that it was uh, unsanitary, and they displaced the entire community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they burned down the mm-hmm. you know the buildings in in Sweet Hollow, and everyone was displaced over to the west side, uh, the west west side flats. It was called at the time. But why did they get rid of them? Well, the argument, and yeah. you know whether it's justifiable or not, I think that's that's up to historians to de- determine. But they 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 d- thought it was unsanitary, you know, oh, where right. a lot of the sewage okay. went through. But of course, these were working class folks who, yeah. you know, that's where they wanted, to, that's where they were, could afford to to sure. live. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the Mexican community was displayed this place over to the west side of of St. Paul, and yeah. now. In St. Paul, at least, most people think of the West Side as as the Mexican or Latino immigrant community, uh, even though the East Side is also an area where we've been for a very long time. Right. Yeah, and and, um, and it goes back to me thinking about how I, I'm just used to kind of like we stick our, our community sticks to our own. You know, we kind of want to be around the same people. Or it's oh, we we have family that you know brings in uh, brings out family, and we kind of want to stick together and stuff like that. But I'm honestly I'm I'm happy that that's not that's not always the case. We yeah. really we really should. Uh, um, uh, uh, I think start our own. Be I don't know. It's one of those things where you just want you want our community to where you least expect un Mexicano to be. Yeah, that's where you want them to be. Yeah, and, you know, because that's that, I, that says a lot about the community. You know, I'll add I'll add to that that it, it's important for us to learn about other people's histories yeah. and for other people to learn about our histories. That that's one of the things that has been really beautiful about this yeah. collaborative partnership with the Dakota community has been, you know, a lot of folks want to learn about what it what it means to be native uh, in, in Minnesota, what it means to be Dakota in Minnesota. And so our community is learning about that. And then on the flip side, um, a lot of people from from Latin America are indigenous as well and uh, come from come with that indigenous ancestry right. uh, to 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 Minnesota, even though they've been displaced from from their lands. And so it's important for us to also educate the local uh, uh, Native American community about our histories as well. Yeah, and this reminds me, and if Sarah was, if, if Sarah lis- was listening, um, she uh, would probably kind of say it was, it's kind of a lot like um, us with the railroads in, in uh, West Chicago. We had uh, we had uh, families and Mexicanos that lived in the boxcars, uh, you know, the the— you know the train companies would put these boxcars because you know this is where the families can live right next to the railroads. So it, it reminds me a lot, but to a certain point, it, that's very unsafe living right next to railroads. Who would have thought, right? And so we had yeah. they had to move out, and 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 there's some great phenomenal stories. And so it's good that you're that you're able to you're going to do a little bit of projects to kind of hear some of that stuff out, right? Uh, probably do some artwork and stuff. Um, so I'm excited to hear that in the future. But let's let's go into um, something that you know the reason why I came out here. <clears throat> Uh, obviously, with your invitation and everything coming out here, I, I told you, I said, I really want to come out here to, um, you have this, uh, he's been talking, this was kind of closer to, I want to say, like, midsummer when you were starting to talk about the Mexican, uh, the Day of the Dead yeah. festivities uh, that you thought, and then you're saying, hey, this is going to be the first, you know, uh, Day of the Dead festival. Uh, festival or a parade that we want to do and, and we want to make sure that uh, um, you know that we do it right and and I 
a lot of the stuff that you were talking about when we were talking through Zoom and a lot of these um, things that we we do with this mentor program, um, we were um, you were talking about a lot of the stuff that you were building. But this is in, Ju- in July. You were talking about this, which was yeah, you know. we started last year, so it's been a long <laughs> yeah, so, year. So so to me that was like okay. At that point, to me that was like a like a good flag, like a red flag. Like wait a minute, it's, what do you what what, what, what red do you red flag? Do you? It was a green flag. A green flag is what <laughs> I know to a certain point. I didn't know what other to say. To me, it was like a, it was a good thing that I'm like okay, this is great when you hear somebody that's talking about this, you know, early on because I'll be honest with you in my community and, and I me topo con tantas personas like this where it's like they want to do something and they start like it's going to be launched next month yes it's going to be like in in a week we're going to we're going to raise you know a couple of million dollars and, and they talk about it <laughs> like, and they want to talk about it and they flaunt it like it's the you know the next coming of whatever yeah. and, and it's and to me that and so that's one of, one of those things that I kind of hear on because this is my world too I, I put together festivals and, and parades and stuff like that so when you talk to somebody and they're and you hear them talking and they're passionate about this and they're already they're like six months out or whatever that's what you want to hear that because they're putting in a lot of time so you guys were building a lot of this uh, a lot of the uh, um, um, I want to talk about all the all the art that you guys mm-hmm. were doing the butterflies uh, uh, you had uh, the Las Catrinas. Las how, how tall were they? Just roughly? you know, they're like thirteen to fifteen feet tall. Yeah, and so and so a lot of that stuff is kind of stuff that so it got me excited. So I said, I gotta, I gotta, can I, I'm gonna come out here. I, I really want to see this more than anything. I wanted to come out here. I said, as a, I'm, I'm more of as an experienced volunteer, meaning I'm there to volunteer. And anything you need me to do, if you if there's, I, I wasn't, I didn't know the the stretch of what exactly was gonna happen and all that stuff because uh, you know you said you were still developing and and we'll go into a little bit about that about how how this worked. But to me, it was it was. It was very fun, and and I really wanted to be here for uh, as as a you know as as, to, as a compañero as a brother to to see. Uh, I want to be there for his first. Uh, and to me, I thought it's going to be his big parade. I want to be there. To, to be, if there's any help that I can do, it doesn't matter what Lisa and I can do. We'll be there. So anyway, so. Um, um, we went out there on Saturday, mm-hmm. this past Saturday, and uh, we walked uh, because what you guys did was uh, you, you guys collaborated with a lot of the businesses down Lake Street. And this yeah. is in Minneapolis. I want to make sure that we're clear. Sometimes I even get confused. So St. Paul is where they have a location. They also have a location in, in Minneapolis on Lake Street. And like you were talking about earlier, this is a, uh, uh, a street where it's very diverse. A lot of mucha gente mexicana, mm-hmm. mucha gente uh, South, South American. Yeah. And um, um, and we traveled into a lot of these businesses, met a lot of the business owners, yeah. see their passion, see mm-hmm. what they did. And, and, I, and I honestly, I didn't even believe it because I, I, I told them, like, there's know, no way they're not going to be putting any. I know. I, that's what I'm telling you. I prefer showing than telling because <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, we're going to bring Fernando to meet some of these business owners to see the, the kind of passion yeah. that they bring to the table. That, and I think that that carries a lot. Yeah. One thing, as especially as community leaders or whatever, it, it, sometimes the spark has to start from us and kind of push it out to everybody else. But it's good when your uh, your business owners are already like a hundred percent behind you. They're all all they're saying is like, "What can we do? Yeah, please help me." What, what and else it's not just the business owners. Yeah. Um, the artists have been uh, incredibly thrilled to be working on Lake Street. Um, the community members have been really excited. Um, we were also working with uh, uh, community centers, community organizations. We worked with the workers yeah. center. Um, so the workers, you know, were also super excited. So it was really about how do we use the arts to bring the community to get together. And yeah. for us, the end result it was less important than the process. And, and yeah, I mean, you were talking earlier about um, how sometimes people do a lot of grandstanding, like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're yep. going to do that. I was, you know, Classic. that happened a lot Classic. here, too, to be honest. It was a very frustrating year in some regards because there was a lot of people going around saying, oh, we're going to re- raise, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And at the end of the day, we just showed up. We started doing the work. 
and then yeah. we gain credibility by doing the work and not right. by not by grandstanding. Right. Um, and so for us, we you know we've been planning this for over a year. To be to be clear, uh, Clues has a has an off, has been had an office on in Minneapolis and mostly on Lake Street for the past twenty years. So it's not like we're newcomers. Right. Uh, but my department is relatively new. I've been in the job for the past three years. We focused uh, in the first two years primarily in the St. Paul. Uh, offices and now this past year we were, were really working on Lake Street. We, and the reason we decided to do that was because the community asked us to come. And uh, the community has been to be really candid, traumatized by a lot of the things that have happened over the past mm-hmm. year, year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, business owners have been really hit hard by COVID. Uh, workers have been really hit hard by the fact that they, you know, they didn't get a job. The Latino community has been hit by health concerns. Um, I saw a recent study that showed that uh, Latino men in particular have lost 3.7 years in life expectancy in just one year. And uh, let me repeat that. That's 3.7 years loss in life expectancy across the country yeah. in just one year, uh, more than any other demographic that they surveyed. Um, so our community is hurting. And in particular in Minneapolis, um, you know, after the murder of George Floyd, yeah. there was, a, a, you know, an outrage. It was an outrage to see how uh, this man was killed. Uh, it was also uh, outrageous because it's been happening for the past, you know, yeah. in many ways, couple centuries. But the past couple of years, uh, in particular, it beca- has become very graphic. The the city of, uh, police in Minneapolis have been have don't have the kind of credibility that they should have with the community. Um, and then in response to that, the Lake Street in particular suffered because there was a lot of um, business that were the, the burnt. Uh, and uh, our community was hit pretty hard because, you know, there's there's folks who are undocumented who put all their life you know mm-hmm. savings into their small business. Yeah. And to see it, you know, burn down, um, you know, we understand the rage, but it's yeah. also we have to be clear that there's that there there's people who are responsible for 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 uh, police violence and it isn't uh, undocumented folks. And so we have to be yeah. clear about that. Um, and for us, you know, so there was a lot of pain. There's a lot yeah. of uh, uh, a lot of suffering, a lot of trauma in the community. And so people really wanted to do work. They wanted to do restorative work. They wanted to do art. They wanted to bring the community together. Yeah. And so we invested a, a substantial amount of money from my department um, uh, doing work there. We've been doing uh, community workshops since uh, June, the beginning of June, every single week. We've been having uh, meetings with with community members uh, and, and uh, you know, different artists and leaders since last year. And uh, so for us, there. Uh, we wanted to celebrate Day of the Dead this year because, again, so many people died, and we want to honor yeah. honor their honor their lives and honor their deaths. Um, and uh, and so for us, this is this is how we this is how we honor our dead is by is by coming together uh, to make art during Day of the Dead and and you know say their names, uh, speak you know speak about our family members and our community members who have passed on, and to celebrate their yeah. lives. No, and I, and I, and I think that's. <clears throat> I think that's the the most important thing is is that uh, something that I'm, I'm very um, you know impact me a lot was the uh, the art and and how I'll be honest with you it's, it's, this is my experience particular particularly and then I can ask you know um, um, 
Aaron, if this is the case, but our community sometimes, uh, especially like my parents and stuff like that, art was not something that's important to them because it wasn't the basic, it wasn't something that they, it was a necessity, you know, like we were mm-hmm. worried about other concerns of how we're going to feed ourselves and how we're going to survive like that. So, um, but we don't, so it's something that in, at least in my family wasn't taught that was important. It was just something that was just there. Um, but we don't, get, I, I've learned that in the, these images and these things that we start to see in our community, we starts to really build us, starts to make who we are. And, and so uh, when you have business owners, they, what their interest is money, first and foremost, because that's how they're going to make a living. Um, so to me, it's, 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 it's in, in, incredible that they're coming out to you and saying, hey, we need to bring back our community. We need to put yeah. art out. We need to put excitement. We need to put uh, get them, uh, uh, you know, after, you know, I think it was last year where they went through the riots and through burning down and all of this stuff that happened. And and so for business owners to say, we need to start doing something. We need to start moving something. And they, and they reached out to yourself and other, other community leaders. Yeah. I thought it was huge. That to me is huge. Yeah, and that's why it was important for you to hear yeah. from them directly. Uh, yeah. and, and you did uh, particularly on, on Saturday. Um, and, you know, money, of course, it matters. Um, uh, you know, there's a, a, a saying that it happens in activist groups that uh, a budget is a moral document. And, and it, it, you know, as long as there's money, we have to make sure that it's, it's something that, you know, folks who have been traditionally excluded from can get access to it, right? And right. so for me, I'm not a business owner, but I, but I am an arts administrator, and I can tell you that a huge part of my job is doing fundraising. And, you know, sometimes I don't like doing that as much as, you know, the fun art parts, but I know that it's important yeah. because it's what allows us to pay artists a living wage. It's what allows yeah. us to get, provide access to the arts for our community. And for the small business owners, the vision is the same. Um, but would you say it's, it's equal as the yes, art making? Yes, yeah. because for them, look, for them, it is about, you know, making an income, but it's also about providing, uh, uh, you know, a place to work for for immigrants. It's also providing services and food and and things that are culturally appropriate for their community. It's also so that that the community as a whole, the neighborhood as a whole, feels like there's like something happening in the streets right. that's positive right. and that's not you know violence. Right. And so it's 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 helpful for children. It's helpful for elders. And so for us, when we talk about uh, cultural revitalization and community uh, arts and cultural placekeeping. What we're really talking about is building community and making sure that the community members have live in a place where they want to live and they feel happy and they feel welcome. Yeah, uh, when we were walking in, um, we were in the in the in the what I I call the parade. Uh, Aaron does not want to call it a parade. Well, he, people are perce- calling it a procession out, of, <laughs> it's a out procession. of respect. Out of respect, yeah. And I told him, like, no, this is a full-fledged parade, my man. Yes. I've been through many, and this is one. Because, I mean, they shut down big roads. Yes, yes. we went through some smaller roads, but we, we sh- they shut down pretty good. And, and that, to me, was like the the moment of the of – the, as multiple points when we were in the parade and we were, you know, we had these beautiful of um, uh, Katrinas and Katrino. Uh, uh, there were like 13 feet and we were, somebody was operating the hand and somebody was pushing this and when we were making them dance, the music, the, 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 the people that were involved in this thing, it was, it was incredible. Like, again, I come, I've done a parade here and there too. So I get all the meetings and all the logistics and all these things that we have to go through. And to me, he basically told me, he's like, oh, you know, this is an idea we wanted. Unfortunately, because of things that have happened, it did not happen exactly how we want it to happen though certain people dropped out i mean we could have canceled this tomorrow it would have been fine with it it is what it is but and and they instead they said nope this is what's going to happen this is how we're going to do it the, the 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 group that came in was a uh, bare bones i believe it is yeah that, that's the that's the theater that's company. the theater company but they were the ones on the bicycles with the red yes okay and so you said they've been doing this for 40 
So let me yeah. let me back up because yeah. I think your listeners, especially if they're based in Chicago, might not know yes. all these histories. And so I think we need to provide definitions Please. as to what a Katrina is, what bare bones <laughs> is, what a parade versus procession is, so that people aren't confused. Yeah. So um, what happened on Saturday, and just to be clear, we're, we're having this interview on November 1st, which is a Monday. Um, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, we had a number of community events. Uh, there was dancing. There was tours of the local businesses, there was public art displays, there were community altars, there was public art that we placed in the in the businesses, there was music, there was, you know, all kinds of things. And then um, one of the, you know, larger events was a community procession on Sunday afternoon uh, that we were a part of. Uh, we weren't leading it, but we were a, certain, a really important part of it. Um, and uh, for us, we were celebrating Day of the Dead, the uh, the pr- the procession itself uh, encompassed a lot of different uh, cultural communities, and yeah. so for other communities, it's you know also or what is it called All Hallows Eve, uh, or it's uh, celebrating you know the dead in the Native American community, or you know there's so there's different communities that participated in the procession, and we were one of them. Um, we of course created these giant catrinas. Uh, uh, artist Gustavo Boada created them, and uh, a catrina for those who don't know is, um, well, it comes from the word Katrin, which means dandy. It's kind of an outmoded word. Uh, and it was, you know, it has this history in Mexico going back, you know, arguably centru- centuries, but the word itself goes back about one century, um, where Guadalupe Posada, who was a, a very talented printmaker, uh, created these images of skeletons. And one of his characters, one of his skeleton characters was this, this female, uh, skeleton that was dressed in in very uh, sumptuous mm-hmm. and luxurious yeah. uh, robes Top and, hats, the whole yes thing, yeah. very very <laughs> elegant and so that's why I mean it, it that's why I'm saying it's a, the translation is it means dandy and um, and essentially it's a critique on wealth yeah. a critique especially during the porfiriato which was a, a period of, of rapid expansion for Mexico's elite under Porfirio Diaz um, bef- this was before the revolution, and in many ways, was what prompted the revolution, uh, and and so let's get back into so we were, <laughs> we're doing history here. Bosada yeah. great made it this made it this Wonderful. made this commentary <laughs> yeah. about about you know at the end of the day we all die, so why do you need to be wealthier than other people? Uh, and so it's a it's a social commentary as yeah. well. So, anyways, um, Gustavo Boada created these beautiful uh, you know fourteen foot tall Catrinas. And uh, three of them Katrinas, and one was a Katrin. It was kind of a mari- mariachi-themed uh, uh, <laughs> Katrin. And uh, and then there was also two giant alebrijes that yes. were created. Alebrijes, and again, we'll take up all day if we describe each one of yes, these things. But <laughs> an alebrije is a kind of fantastical, magical animal. Usually it's... it's um, made up of various different kinds of uh, animal parts. And so uh, one of our alebrije was made by Pablo Helmer Hernandez, yeah. and he created what is a combination of animals, but it's primarily a moose. And of course, so that's a really beautiful kind of Minnesota alebrije, yeah, and it's very tall, and very tall. three people were carrying it, and so it was really beautiful. So all these puppets were part of the procession, was part of the parade. Yeah, You mentioned a little bit of the history of of, of parades slash processions here in the Twin Cities. There have been multiple companies that do this kind of uh, uh, community theater with giant puppets. Never in, the, at, at, in this time, but let's be clear. Never it's been in, in... Well, just to clarify, the, the, primary, the primary parade is known as the May Day Parade, which yes. happens in, in May. May. 
uh, in South Minneapolis. There, there are uh, there tend to be kind of puppet theater also in the fall, uh, which is led by bare bones generally, and of course there are other companies and collectives mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But um, because of the pandemic, uh, there there was no May Day Parade last year or this year, and. F- for internal reasons that we don't have time to get into, the 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 heart of the beast that does, puts on the May Day Parade um, has kind of, I don't know if completely stopped operations, but yeah. they're really kind of revamping and thinking about doing things differently. So anyway, so there was an opening for us to participate in this in the fall because especially in the spring, people didn't weren't comfortable with COVID still. Sure. Uh, and of course, you know, for Day of the Dead, what better time to do to do a community celebration after COVID? When at this point, I believe it's about five million people have died around the world yeah. uh, from COVID. So Day of the Dead, frankly, is the right kind of community yeah. procession for 2021, not not May Day. Right, and, and and that's what I that's what I was. I mean, it's one of those things where it was it was impactful because as again as an organizer for for parades and stuff, this is all volunteer. I mean, there was no police at this. I mean, this is something that I'm paying. Maybe other yeah. people are not paying attention to. I'm that's the first thing I'm paying attention. I'm like, who's throwing this? How? Who knows what to do? What are we all doing? Because I'm first thing I get there and I'm asking yeah. Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, what's going on here? Well, I don't really know which way we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We might go down this way and we might turn this way. Yeah. And to me, he's saying words that make sense to him, but to me it's like okay whatever yeah. and names and stuff so and to me uh but anyways as we get going as we start during down this parade you start to see that this the 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 magic of of what this actual that the beauty of of, of this actual the celebration of of what is max uh um, what is the uh, day of the dead it's something of celebrating people that have passed on i mean yes I, yes and, to, and 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 again so i'm sure that your audience is very well versed in what day of the dead is or most of your audience they is. will look it up if they don't they, they better <laughs> um but we really need to put yeah. a, a hard line between halloween and day of the dead because sure. it's so often confused and and just just uh, let's do just basics yeah. basics yeah. uh halloween is about fear yeah. day of the dead is about love yeah they couldn't be more different right. they couldn't be more different right. just because you're seeing a skull does not mean that it's about spooking people it's right. about honoring our loved ones and you know uh for me uh around day of the dead in particular i was thinking about my brother who passed away yeah. um about five years ago and uh, uh, well, it was six years ago uh, this year, I believe. And so, you know, it's been a it's been a hard weekend. Um, we've been coming together as a community. I, of course, I've had to talk about my brother quite a bit. Um, and uh, and it's it's not about spooking people. It's not about ghouls. It's not about you know. And I don't want to swear on your your podcast. Swear, I do it all the time. But um, <laughs> this isn't this isn't a game. Yeah. This isn't about yeah. you know. This is about people we love who right. are not in the same plane with us right now right. and so for people to confuse or conflate halloween with day of the dead is 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 very insulting not just to our culture and our community but frankly to our family members but but to me the magical part moving from the, the magical part to me of, of the of this weekend was the majority of the people there that i saw was white people yes right yes. so again because bare bones the majority of them are yeah. predominantly are, are white and they're the ones who are again putting this together they're the ones who were the 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 pe- basically like the police Right. Quote. I mean, to to the certain point. So the the people that were there, and and the neighborhood that I was the, again, the neighborhoods was changing as we were moving. Yeah. I mean, there were people. It was very diverse the, yep. this route, and that was incredible. Uh, but the people that were at that 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 I would think that they would yell out Happy Halloween to you. You yeah. know, they were not the ones yelling out Happy yeah. Halloween to me. Oh, I mean, to me at least to yeah. the people that were to say thank you. You know, these are the people that understood what was going on. So. 
That's what me, me trajo esperanza. That's what taught me to, to, to that there I, I have you know I, there is faith in in, in this world. And, and yeah, to see this and there's stuff. a lot of education that needs to, needs to happen. And for us, again, this was the first time that we participated in this it's kind a, of procession, and it wasn't our procession. We were you know part of it. Uh, just just for context, again for the for the listeners, there was a procession that was uh, multiracial right. uh, that took place. Uh, yes, historically, uh, the organization that led it is primarily a white organization. Yep. Although this year, I do need to say that the two directors are both Latino Latinx, okay. um, and so that that context matters. Uh, and then the other part is that at the end of the procession, there's a Festival de las Calaveras yeah. that people stuck around for, which has always been led by the Latino community. And so it, it was a, it was a mixed bag, and for, yeah. we knew that going in. Um, but but what I'm saying is that we got to yeah. give also credit to, yes. to to communities that are that are that are this is not their culture yes. right this is not them to but they got the spirit of what this is yes even though again they they brought out these big skeletons yes. that this put little wings on them and and they had this Mad Max short of uh, uh you know yeah the <laughs> Mad Max stuff is not I'm, a, I'm not a fan <laughs> of it but but, but that's it doesn't matter to me I come from the world of again 13 foot fucking piñatas yes right <laughs> where it's like it sometimes doesn't make sense but it, it brings in another group another culture that. That, that have nothing to do with this, but they like, I get yes. it. It gives them a chance to be able yeah, to Yeah, and as long understand. as there's an, an, an understanding and yeah. a respect for our community, which I do believe yeah. uh, happened. And, and I, I should also say that we participated in about five or six different events this this uh, past weekend. Yeah. Um, we have one more tonight, uh, uh, this evening on November 1st, yes. to do. Um, the community procession was really the only one that was a kind of multiracial yeah. uh, event or happening, and, yeah. and everything else was really Focus on the Latino community. Correct. Yeah, and and, and thank you for bringing that. That's, yeah. I think that is definitely very important. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, again, uh, when I when I started, we walked this this route with, that was going down the George Floyd, uh, which was what is that Chicago? George Floyd Square, which is uh, 38th in Chicago. Yeah, and and so we went down this uh, down this path, and and to see the uh, multicultural uh, community that was out there, and to think that there was um, you know a, a riot you know, basically between the two areas where we were walking between the square and Lake Street, I believe that, that you know. That yeah, and, and just, again, to, to clarify, most people would call it an uprising Upri- yeah. uh, more than a riot yeah. because, it. Re- I mean, yes, there was damage caused that that I certainly disagree with, yeah. uh, but people's concerns were were legitimate yeah. and um, and continued to be legitimate. Yeah. So and and to me that was a, a beautiful. It was great for me to be able to be there to be to be there to to uh, see the celebration to see the first one. I'm happy that it didn't happen exactly how you guys wanted it to be because I yeah. think that's that's how you get this this wonderful uh, change. Yeah. You know, uh, you learn from little things. You say, hey, I didn't like this stuff, but I want I like this. How do we keep this? We we you, as you we were talking to a lot of the businesses. We were starting to filter out a, a lot of the who are the ones that are just here to, to be part of it, to just kind of sign off and say, hey, I was there too, just so that way I can get cred- credit for it, you know, and, and say I can say later and be like, I was there, yeah, I was part of the group that mm-hmm. put it together, you know what I mean? It's really started to filter out the people that, that is there. And, and I think that was that's in, that's important. I, I have faith that in the next couple of years, it's going to get bigger and it's going to be Mexican and, and, and uh, you know, Latino-led. Yeah, and just to be clear, yeah. also, you know, at Clues, um, we focus on the whole Latino community in in Minnesota, uh, that being said, I, at least the last time I checked, about seventy percent of Latinos in Minnesota have Mexican heritage. So obviously, <laughs> you know, it's an important part. And obviously, I also my my mother's from Mexico. I have Mexican citizenship, so obviously that's important to me as well. And Day of the Dead, you know, it's a complicated thing to talk about because I think it's one of those things where people say, "Oh, it's a Latinx or a Latino." Um, 
celebration. Of yeah. course it isn't because not all Latino communities celebrate Day of the Dead. It's primarily a Mexican thing that has corollaries with different names yeah. in other Latin American countries, but not in all Latin American countries. So I lived in Guatemala. They have a beautiful uh, Dia de Todos Santos, All Saints mm-hmm. Day, uh, where they, they they fly these giant kites. They're like two-story tall kites. And it's and it's a unique thing that p- happens in Guatemala that's different than in Mexico. Yeah. In Ecuador they, and Peru, they talk about uh, Dia de los Santos Difutnos, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, it's, it's again, there's a corollary uh, but it's not the same. Yeah, it, it, but I, I think one of those, it's one of those things that I, I, at least I appreciate because he will, as simple as me just saying to you, hey, Aaron, this is a parade. This yeah. is a full-blown parade. And you're like, no, this is a, a procession. Because because you're you're and we've we've argued this with the, the groups the yeah. the groups before where we're we're saying that the, the you know the um, uh, day of the dead is becoming very you know very. Uh, I, I guess I would say it this way: it's a it, it was a procession with growing pains. So it's a procession but, put on by people who generally put on parades, and so there was a, a, some confusion by some people who were involved with it. But yes, <laughs> the idea can. is to, to but yeah, it, it's not. Be, but the good thing to me was that. I, I expect it to be just calaveras and, you know, all of yeah. those things, and it wasn't. It was really about uh, an emotion, the feeling, the actual, you know, you reminded me multiple times when I told you, this is a parade, and we, we got into, you know, semantics and all this yeah. stuff. But by you telling me and reminding me, this is a, a procession because we're actually doing this because we're celebrating. There's people that actually have died. They're, they're, we're reminded that this is something that is very important to a lot of people. It's yeah. not just a celebration for us to go out and dress as Yeah, calaveras. it's not just a party, right? Right, it's not just a party. Even though we are celebrating people's family, it's yeah. not just that. So, uh so for the for the one of the things I didn't ask you because I really want to ask you you know independently something we talked throughout the whole weekend about different things and stuff but but I wanted to get your point of view even though you were not the main person doing this right what do you think your vision of what it should be of what what well, this to turn into I do want to say that our organization um, has been leading arts yes. activities on the Lake Street Culture Corridor over the past year. Yeah. That does not mean is I'm not discounting any other contributions, but we've been there all year. Yep. And, you know, just to be honest, I was a little bit hurt by how we were sidelined by other organizations. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that we got to work on going forward. Mm. Um, I, it's not my intention to replace anyone, mm-hmm. uh, but it's certainly not my intention to erase the work of our artists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they need to, they need to deserve, they deserve credit and they earned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, look, if, if in a dream world, let's say like, you know, there was a, there was a vision. Well, let me hold up. Yes. I'm sorry. Just because you said something. The, the problems that you guys went through the uh, not problems but yeah. these things that happened this is something that's happening to in Chicago the, the list of all these things of, of, of parades and, and, and all these things that happen when things get huge everybody wants to be part of it everybody wants their name signed to it yes you're right yes. And, and at the end of the day that's, that's the reality but so again, you guys were going to go got to do the work absolutely no no I don't want I just want you to be understanding that for people like you're saying to the listeners these are common things when the bigger it gets the more people want to be signed yeah. off and just want to be there to sign off and say that I was there and I put my two cents in there and they listen to this one thing that I said and that's all they did and that's yes. all they want to do it but um, so but yes please tell me about I just wanted to be clear on that the, so what do you think the, the vision of yeah, so just to be yeah. clear, um, the uh, the procession, yeah. um, uh, the Day of the Dead procession idea came out of um, two community members um, originally. Yeah. One was a, or is a uh, Latina Mexican business owner mm-hmm. on Lake Street. Uh, she, uh, she works at La Mexicana. That's her store. And she's been there for 20 plus years. And another is an incredibly talented um 
uh, immigrant Mexican artist, uh, Monica Vega, who who creates uh, has been creating altars in our community for for years, uh, has created altars for major museums, mm-hmm. community organizations, small ones for local businesses, you know the whole range, and they really were the ones with the with the vision uh, to begin with, and they really what what they wanted to do was a procession uh, that was about revitalizing the Lake Street corridor. Uh, bringing out the the businesses, uh, making sure that everybody honored their you know their loved ones who had passed on uh, in uh, in the Latino community, and to do it with you know floats. They were kept talking about carros allegóricos. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you know one of the things for me that was a challenge was, okay, just because you saw something in you know Mexico City or on TV or you know whatever the case may be these things take years and years to build. You know, if you go to um, Carnival in Brazil or New Orleans or even in our own community, the May Day Parade has been around for about 40 years and it's grown. Uh, You can't just do, in one year's time, just build a whole new organization with no money. Uh, You don't even have the the training from the artist to do it. Um, And so for me, it was about making sure that this vision was honored um, to make sure that especially the community members who you know voiced this vision were centered and and we made sure to that they would be, participate in every every step of the way, uh, but also to just be you know realistic about how much money can we raise, how much artists are going to be paid, what are the talents of the artists in the local community, um, and so how do we move this forward and grow grow our grow that that procession into the vision that community members want. Uh, month by month, year by year, and I, th- I do think that that we can get there. Uh, it's just a question of working together right. and and right. bringing people together. But to my original question, what yes. do you think? What do, would you like to again? If yeah. you have more control of it, if- my vision is already completed. Which yeah. is, um, you know, for me, uh, our our mission yeah. here at Clues uh, at in my arts program, our, our um, slogan is La Cultura Cura, which means culture heals. Mm. And so for me, it's not about the end product. It's not about... The visuals. The, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, we want to make beautiful things, but if it's a mural versus a procession versus a sculpture versus, a, you know, music, that's not, that's a secondary question. Mm-hmm. That's a question around, you know, how, you know, scale, how big should it be or medium yeah. or, you know, context. But the the actual goal is... Are we bringing communities together yeah. around uh, uh, sharing our culture, making ourselves and our community members feel welcome? Yeah. In particular, the Latino community um, is thoroughly, wildly underrepresented in, in galleries and museums in Minnesota. It's, 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 it's really depressing. And so when people walk into my gallery, my community walks into my gallery, I can't tell you the amount of times that people have broken down in tears because they've never seen this before and they don't see it anywhere else. And so for me, it's not about whether it's a procession or a parade or this or this or that. What matters to me is that the community feels like they have a sense of ownership in the process and in the beauty that's created. And I do believe with all my heart that that happened this year, even if, you know, maybe the final end goal was very different than what people originally envisioned. Right, uh, what it's going to be. With uh, La Señora Maria, who I don't know if you said her name. Maria, yeah, but, from La Mexicana. Yeah, from La Mexicana. Um, and we, we had a chance to talk to her and stuff, and, and you saw it. But she's a business owner. She wants to see the flash. She wants yes, to see the... She wants but to she, see also the... Told me, she also told me this weekend <laughs> yeah. that um, because we've been doing a, lo- a lot of um, yeah. tours of Lake Street with people who maybe haven't uh, gone to Lake Street, and... Uh, 
the weekend after we took a tour there, she said her her sales just shot up, yeah. right? Um, she got all these orders for pan de muertos. She mm. got she she sold a b- bunch of artesanía. She said yeah. she usually doesn't sell, sell a lot of artesanía, artisan craft work, and just all of a sudden in one week it just w- ran up. And so, absolutely, we were very happy that that um, you know our cultural education of the broader community in Minnesota is helping uh, local economies. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I just want to say it was it was it was such a such an amazing uh, opportunity for me to be able to do it again because Aaron uh, uh, reached out with uh, and he put this invitation out to everybody. Not just it was not just me, but he put this invitation out to all the groups to come out and, and to and to see what they were doing out here. And it was it, and it's a, it's an incredible thing. Um, uh, so I appreciate so much and you guys' hospitality and everything and, and taking the time after uh, you know a couple three days to to hang out and to talk a little bit and to deal with my my antics and stuff that's going on. Fernando, Liz, and Pebbles are. Welcome in Minnesota anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So thanks so much. All right, Aaron. We'll be talking soon. Gracias, Fernando. Mucho gusto. This was all for today. I hope you learn a lot about the amazing work Mr. Johnson is doing with this wonderful organization, Clues, in maintaining, promoting, and educating people about our wonderful Mexican culture. Check out the details section to find more information about Clues, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Hasta la próxima.